This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Okay, welcome back to Sportsbook. I'm Dan Roberts, your host. We've had a great slew of guests recently, a parade of interesting outside guests. We had Jeff Perlman, author of a new book on the USFL. Boy, we had Ian O'Connor, author of a big new book on Bill Belichick. We had Greg Norman, the golfer in here. We had Michael Lewis, the author of Moneyball, talking baseball. This week, we return inward. We look inward to our own house, and we bring back our good friend. He sits right down the road, just a few desks away, and he was kind enough to join me this morning. It's Miles Udland. Hi, Miles. I'm glad to be back, but that's one of the... Uh the worst intros I think I'll ever Wowza. get. Like, now, the outside the guests would say that. And now we're stuck with No, Miles. no one said stuck. No, Delighted. Fine. That's fine. Now, Miles, usually our golf guy, and maybe we'll talk about golf today, but I want to start with a World Series look back. We never got to do it. It ended two weeks ago. I loved the result. The Red Sox <laughs> won. But uh, we didn't really get to do a World Series wrap-up podcast post Let's start this way. Award season has now begun for baseball. Mm-hmm. I always think it's weird and dumb that they start this like so long after it's oh, over. Of course. Everyone has moved on. We're not right. thinking about baseball. Yep. And they drag it out, drag it out. The other day I saw an Instagram post and it said Rookie of the Year. I said, oh, okay. And then I said, well, who's MVP? And they still haven't announced it. And I said, well, who's Manager of the Year? And they still hadn't announced it. Now they have. But they drag this process out. I think it's so... Silly. There's got to be a better way. Just do it like right before the World Series starts or do it the day after the World Series ends. And we found out yesterday the managers of the year, Alex Cora, not the manager of the year. Stupid. Not the of the year. Stupid. Well, anyway, I think that they need to go the way that the NFL has gone, where the NFL now does their award show. I believe it's the night before the Super Bowl. Um, kind of like the way the Oscars does it or whatever. But the drawback there being you don't get the players who are in the Super Bowl. They're not going to come. Right, but, you know, it's not so often that the MVP of the league is in the Super Bowl. It was um, last season, but Okay, yes. yeah, it was last season, right? Uh, but, I mean, I don't think that's a huge deal if they're not there anyway, because the award show is it's an, it's a show. It's an award show, and I think this is a very, like, antiquated process that baseball goes through to announce their winners. But uh, a lot of what baseball does is antiquated, and it is a game from another time. Now, that has been a successful business plan for them generally uh, in contrast to what people might say about, say, the national rating for the World Series, which we'll get into, but I think baseball's old timiness generally works in this case, trying to create buzz around the awards that are being announced for certain players. I understand the strategy of trying to pick individual days, but the fact, as you noted, that it happens three weeks after the season has ended, two weeks after the season has ended, uh, sort of inexplicable. Right? I mean, why are they not announcing this during the LCS? Or Silly. the day after the World Series. Silly. Right? Did you watch the World Series, Miles? Hardly. Your For team, the Yankees, reasons, yeah. didn't make it. Right. So you instead sat on the couch crying and if I, only... I just, I just moved on with my life. No one, no one needs to watch the Red Sox win again. That's so interesting. See, what I said, but maybe you're a tough person to ask because you like the Yankees and thus dislike the Red Sox. But what I contended, and many in our office agreed with me when I said this a few weeks back, unless you virulently hate the Red Sox, so unless you're a Yankees fan, Mm -hmm. this season's Red Sox team was, I believe, extremely likable. Now you say, one of the highest payrolls in baseball, what's likable about that? What's underdog about that? Sure. 
and they weren't underdogs, but a very scrappy, likable set of guys. You know, hard not to like a Mookie Betts, a JBJ, an Andrew Benintendi. You know, none of these were big ego, obnoxious, Manny Machado type guys. This was a really great, likable Red Sox team this year. I agree. But I think that, again, that gets back to like the fundamental conversation we always have about baseball, which is that its success is rooted in its uh, regionalism. Yep. It's local it's feel. Regional. And so it doesn't need, like the winner of the World Series doesn't need to be full of likable guys for it to be a great baseball season. And I would agree, it was a great baseball season. You had a, a historic run from the Red Sox. The Yankees were relevant again. Yep. The Dodgers were making moves. They were interesting uh, for sometimes the wrong reasons. Mm. The Astros, uh, I think, are a very compelling story overall for the sport. But uh, it also didn't have to matter, which I think is, uh, again, speaks to the strength of the sport uh, generally. I watched the final two games of the World Series on my computer in a hotel room in India. And I was impressed at how easy and seamless and smooth it was was to watch 8 a.m. India time. Uh, nine and a half hours later. What's that like, waking up eight in the morning to watch? Well, actually, it started at like six in the morning. Okay. Um, it ended around 8.30. Did you watch the 18-inning game? Or were you in the U.S. for that? The 18-inning game, I was on my flight. Okay. And I landed, and my phone was full of texting. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. And when my flight took off, it was in the seventh. Right. I mean, it practically lasted my entire flight. I had like a 14-hour flight. And when I landed, I had some... F- text from friends saying, this game is going to still be going on when you land. Now, we discussed, I believe, on the final round way back in the spring. Our daily 3 p.m. live show, yep. Yes, the potential for baseball to change the extra innings rule, where you put a runner on second. Mm -hmm. I thought they they did. But minor league tried it or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, very far away from coming to Major League Baseball. But do you look at the 18-inning game and say, hmm, yeah, could have used that one. I look at the 18-inning game and I say, baseball nerds would love that. Everyone else would say, that's why I don't watch this sport. It's just too long. And the larger discussion here is all of the different efforts they're making, considering, or have made to make the games shorter, they all add up to, like, seconds saved, not minutes. Now, the intentional walk sign has been a success. No one complains about that. I don't need to watch them throw four balls. Right. So that's fine. And then they say batters can only step out of the box at a limited time and the pitchers have, have to go or there's something pitchers can't do. They haven't put the clock in the majors yet, but the clock is in the minors. And yet, so far, I'm not seeing any impact. I'm not saying, if anything, it feels like the games are longer. Well, they are longer. It's for strategic reasons, though, because now the way the bullpen is being used is being, right. I mean, the bullpen, uh, as baseball fans know it, is completely different now than it was three seasons ago. I mean, now we had multiple teams in the league, the A's and the Rays, uh, off the top of my head that I can think of who did this regularly. They had a starter, not a finish. Like, they didn't have a starter. They had an opener, sorry, is what they called it. Guy who threw one inning, maybe got six outs, and managers now go down their bullpen and say, okay, I can get six outs from you, three outs from you, three outs from you. Maybe you're asking one guy to go nine outs, but all of a sudden we're talking about games where you have five, six, seven, eight pitching changes, those take a lot of time. So I think the problem for baseball in trying to attack the length of the game, which I don't see as that big of a problem, is that it's a strategic thing, right? It's like imagine if there was, you know, football has kind of benefited in a weird way from the speed of the game because teams want to go faster. And oftentimes, especially in the NFL, where they don't stop the clock for a first down, 
you can have a drive that goes four minutes of game time that takes five and a half minutes of real time. That's almost a third of an entire, that's a quarter of a quarter in five minutes of real time, which is a great pace. You know, that game moves along nicely, but baseball's gone the other way for strategic reasons. But I don't really know why you would want to stop that per se. I mean, I know you had Michael Lewis in here saying, I was just about to bring that up. Basically, like, oh, I wrote a book that ruined the sport, but like, <laughs> I mean, he would say that, right? He wanted his book, he, he views his book, and it is, as a fundamental, transformational book in the sports history. Well, he would probably his say that... His idea that he ruined it is like... Well, no, he would probably say that just because I wrote that about a team successfully using stats doesn't mean I was advocating for how great it is or that it should... Right, I know, but he's trying to... do it, but everyone has followed he's suit. He's trying to have his cake and eat it, right? Mm. He's trying to say, I wrote the book that changed the way people thought about it. But the game was better before. Look how mm. influential mm. I am. I ruined the sport. Right. Now, again, you, I'm, hold on. I'm, you scooped me here. Let I'm me let me share his bit. quote. Yeah, you go. Uh, I was going to say my segue would have been uh, we're talking about making the game shorter. Another thing baseball grappling with and trying to do, you know, make its stars more marketable and exciting. And mm-hmm. I asked Michael Lewis about that sort of Rob Manfred versus Mike Trout thing. Is it on Major League Baseball or its teams to promote its star players better? He said, well, baseball used to have big personalities. By the way, folks, this was on this podcast a few weeks ago. So if you didn't hear it, you can if you go to our episode archive on any podcast platform. This is the Michael Lewis episode. He said, baseball used to have big personalities. It hasn't accommodated them recently. Baseball has been steadily drained of emotion. The analytics movement has drained it of emotional content. And technology on the field has. What used to be a source of great drama was the manager coming out of the dugout, lifting third base and hurling it into the outfield, kicking dirt on the umpire. There's no point in doing that anymore. You raise your hand and say, can we review the videotape? It's become much more slickly professional. So, of course, interesting, funny, and as Miles points out, ironic to hear the author of Moneyball say that the stat revolution ruined baseball. I mean, it's... What's baseball's revenue? $10 billion? $12 billion? Yes, $10 billion. Why would it not be slickly professional? It's a major business. Yep, you watch an company. NFL telecast, it is slickly professional. It's a business. It's a very successful one at that. And I think that like the problem with Moneyball is you know, he's saying, oh, the, the coaches don't argue because they can just challenge. Like, that's... That, that's not that big a part of the game. Like, if you go on YouTube, like, classic baseball fights, yeah, that stuff, that stuff will come up. Right, yeah, George, George Brett. Brett running out uh, of the dugout at Yankee Stadium in, what, 1985 or something, right? Everyone has seen that. But I think what Moneyball does, and um, this, happened, this has happened quite a bit in golf as well, is it flattens the, uh, the approach for players. So what hmm. I mean is, at all levels now, players learn that the way to create, to use an investing analogy, the way to create alpha, outperformance relative to your peers, is to look for walks and extra base hits. Doubles, home runs, that's what you want to do, or get yourself on base some other way. Which means there's not that many different styles anymore. Like, you go to watch professional golf, it's just guys hitting the ball as far as they can, trying to make a couple putts. Mm. You watch baseball now, it's guys trying to take a lot of pitches, hit a lot of homers. So you don't have like David Eckstein anymore. You don't have... What a great example. You don't even have, like, Dustin Pedroia, really. I mean, you don't have guys who are spraying the ball all over the place. You have some, obviously, there's exceptions. But in general... Guys who get on base. Right. In general, like, I'm watching the Yankees-Red Sox series, and it's just the same thing both sides, right? It doesn't matter what part of the order is coming up. Like, whether it's the Yankees 5-6-7 with... 
you know, Torres and Gary Sanchez um, and Andujar, those guys are swinging for the fences. So is Stanton, Judge, and Didi, right? That's all they do. They have one guy, Brett Gardner, who maybe did it a little bit differently. But that's eight players in the lineup who are basically taking one approach at the plate. And on the other side, you have pitchers who are just trying to throw it as hard as they can. And you've seen some pitchers... Um, you know, Justin Verlander's a good example who he, he threw hard. You know, he was throwing 94, 95. Charlie Morton on the Astros is another one who's kind of like this, throwing 94, 95 when he's on the Pirates. Now he throws 100 miles an hour. Like he just spends his whole time trying to throw the ball as hard as possible. And it makes the, the play a lot flatter. So um, I think Michael Lewis is barking up the right tree, but, you know, blaming replays is not really relevant, I don't think, to that conversation. If you want to talk about why the sport maybe uh, seems a little bit duller, but it's big money. You know? It's funny. I don't think it's duller. Certainly that is a narrative that is really? out there. You don't. Uh, you watch a lot of baseball few, this year. Well, the last few postseasons have been terrific. By the way, I don't think it's unfair to say. This I mean, postseason I, was terrific? I think there are people who, oh yeah, I thought it was great. No. No. There were, there the were, series, there series were, no, were not close. There were zero good series in the postseason. It was not good at all. Uh... It was it's good funny because though, it's good because you like the Red Sox, right? But it's none funny of the though. Games now, now I will say though, it's funny. Two of the series looked at first like they'd be really close and yeah. go seven. The Yankees series with the Sox and the Astros series with the Sox. Right. After two games, it was one-one, and you thought this is going to go to seven, and then up oh, we just kind of steamrolled and moved along, and everyone rolled over for us. So you're right. I guess I'm just happy because my team won. But then yeah. instead, we'll look back to the previous season, the one before. Then it's the first time. But as I always say. And I say it because I think part, partly it's true. I always say, maybe it's just that I'm getting older. And certain sports, like baseball and golf, are nice to watch when you're old. I you just sit take. and relax and watch them. I love this but, take because it's right. But, yeah, that's part of it. But I do think, and again, I, maybe it's just, but maybe I'm paying more attention now. But I think the last three postseasons in a row, in my life, it's the first time when I watched every single series, not just the series my team was in. You know, I watched Dodgers-Nats two years in a row. I watched the Cubs progress. I watched the Cubs win. That was a great story. Then the next year, I watched the Astros that was a great win. Series. That was a great story. Yeah. Those were two years in a row where baseball had a really cool result. Now, thank God this year it wasn't uh, Dodgers-Brewers. Or something like that. No, it wouldn't have been Dodgers. Brewers, Brewers Astros. Uh, Brewers Astros. Yeah. Oh, thank God. But yeah, I, I liked Rockies. it because the Sox won this year. But you know, it is funny to me. I guess just in general, in an abstract sense, people say, "Oh, it's it's boring. It's boring." It's like, well, it hasn't fundamentally changed that much. Now that may be a criticism people have, but my point is, it, you can't say it's more boring now. Like baseball is basically what it always was, and you either like that or you don't. So. And, I think it's a classic thing that is lovely and nice. Leave it alone. You don't want to watch baseball? Fine. But let's not say it's, de- it's not dead. It's not dying. It's going to be fine. There's always going to be Major League Baseball. Okay, so I think, the, the base, I think you made two points. One, I agree with, that baseball— um, You age into it. Yeah, you age into it, and that kind of the sport is basically the same. The point that I strongly disagree with is that the game itself is kind of the same. I mean, the gameplay, the night-in, night-out gameplay experience of watching, viewing a baseball game in person or on television is very, very different now. And I think 2018 was a really transformative year for that realization for a lot of people Mm. than it was uh, four or five years ago. I mean, I think it starts, again, it starts with the bullpen. It starts with the way that pitchers are being used. It It starts with, you know... Uh, how hitters are approaching the plate, and I think a lot of it has to do. We're seeing at the NBA level 
um, to some extent where everyone now can shoot, right? Like mm. everyone right. starting guys, from yeah. age 14 can shoot Centers now. Centers are th- hitting jumpers. Exactly. And so kids who are showing prodigious baseball talent at age 13, 14 are, are taught this approach at the plate. And um, I, I think that the, the speed at which the approach to baseball has changed is quicker than other sports because the skill set is the same. Like the, the guys who were going to be good, like Manny Ramirez in a, in a Manny unique way, he could have been coached up 15 years. If he, was, if he was in his prime right now, he could be coached up to approach the plate differently than he did 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and Manny would still be the best guy in the game. Oh. Albert Pujols would still be the best player in the game, even if he had adopted a more modern approach. And so you don't need to get different sized players. Like I think a lot of um, innovative football strategies require guys who are lighter, guys who are quicker. Um, but it takes a long time to recruit those people into your into your uh, talent pool. It takes a long time to draft those players, cultivate those players. Baseball, you got the guys. You already have the raw material. You just train them to play differently. And so I think the gameplay has changed quite a bit. But that doesn't mean that the sport isn't still, from a business standpoint, in a very healthy place and still right. has a very passionate fan base. Um, and then there's the shift, which you didn't mention. But well, another right, way the that shi- the sport I, has right, changed. I did not mention that, and that is another big thing. And I, and I think this is why like the, the gameplay is a little more boring, but it goes back to a conversation that we have about all the pro sports and college sports we discuss, which is, does it matter if the gameplay isn't that great for now, the overall health of the sport? Now, wait a minute, but table that. When you say that's why it's more boring, so you mean because fewer big hits? I mean, it's more boring because... People want to see homers, that's true. But, but I like to argue, more guys I'm are just as out. excited by a pitching duel. In fact, I might say I prefer a game where both pitchers have like a no-hitter going for five right. innings, a defensive battle, to a game where everyone's jacking homers. Okay, but I don't disagree, mm. but um, there's a different... Like, pitching duel is... Like, there were a lot of games. There were a lot of Yankees games this year where they scored, you know, one... Zero runs, two yeah. runs, something yeah. like that. But it wasn't like the pitching was that great. It was that every. It was just mm. swing and miss, yeah, swing yeah, and miss. Yeah. So even well, they, the definition they, of the classic baseball um, outcomes has been warped mm. by the way that people are trying to play the game differently. There is a classic fr- uh, saying that there's no harder thing in all of sports than hitting a baseball. Right, but it's really hard, man. Okay, connect with a hundred mile an hour moving small ball with a stick. I know, but people. That's correct, but if you look at like the, the the spot of the plate where Aaron Judge wants the ball, right? If it's <laughs> high and away, I mean, he hits four hundred in that spot. It's like basketball, right? Guys, people say, "Oh, NBA players, they shoot fifty percent." Yeah, well, when they're wide open, they shoot literally ninety-five percent. Like Steph Curry, when he's open, doesn't miss any shots. The only reason he shoots fifty percent is because he's got a guy's finger up his nose while he's shooting the ball and it doesn't get called a foul. Like these guys are so good. Think how hard it would be for you to podcast with my finger up your well, nose. Exactly. Right. Like you'd say, Oh, you know, that was a good show today. It's like, yeah, it was a good show because it's, you it's kept your alone, hand out right? of my face. Yeah, but if the rule allowed Like no one was interrupting it, me. You know, if Jen Rogers got to like uh, play music in my ear while I was trying to make a point on the show, it wouldn't be as good. Um, Sometimes they do. Well, they do, yeah. They right. say the five pro- to the out, The producer hard talks to you, 30 seconds, yep. 30 seconds, we're wrapping, yep, we're wrapping. Wrap. Anyway, um, so I just think that like the the strategy of baseball, which is the by far um, the most, well, it's, it's the main mano a mano strategy sport, and it's the one where you can take the same talent pool and make them play differently, unlike other sports that require potentially different physical skill sets to implement different strategies, has changed the way the game is played. And I do think that on balance, it has led to a slightly more boring product. But again, 
I don't think that speaks to the overall. I don't think that is why the overall health of the game is sort of uh, this mixed bag that we talk about. Where nationally, it's sort of yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it's not bad, pretty good. And regionally, it's quite strong. Let's shift to something many people think is a boring product, but you and I don't. Golf. Mm. Thanksgiving right around the corner, and that means the Tiger Phil Charity Ball Showdown in where? Las Vegas. Vegas. Shadow Creek. Shadow Creek, where Phil will take on and lose to, terribly, Tiger. Am I wrong about that? Uh, he's a he's a way worse player. Um, I'll I mean, say that. that's what's awkward is they announce it. Everyone, whoa! I'll pay for that. And then in the ensuing months, Phil fell off. Yeah, Phil's forty eight. Mm-hmm. Tiger's forty two. Yeah, but Tiger was like fresh. Wow. Uh, but I mean, look. So t- then, Tiger's right now, always... if you place money on Phil, that's where the money is. Hold on, let me look up betting odds. Got to be that Phil's the underdog. Kill a little bit of time while I look this up. All right, guys. Uh, as a reminder, Phil Mickelson. Facing off against Tiger Woods in a rare, unusual one-on-one match play style, right, Miles? Is that the term for it? Match play style showdown. The purse, nine million? Ten million dollars. Ten million. And they're going to give it to charity because these guys are filthy rich already. And it's on pay-per-view. So the uh, conversation was, will people pay for this? Now, my criticism, it's already a time of year when we've got a glut of sports to watch. Yep. You got football, now you got NBA, you got college football, pro football. We need golf the day after Thanksgiving? Yep. I don't know, um, man. Sure. I mean, uh, hold on, Vegas seems that. So basically the odds I'm seeing here are Tiger minus one and a half. So oh, that would surprised. be Tiger's going to win the match two and one or a little bit better. Um, but I'm seeing that at about... Yeah, minus 200, minus 300. So basically you'd have to put up a couple hundred bucks to get 100 back betting that Tiger wins by two holes or right. more. Um, that's Money's a, on Tiger. That's a little expensive, but I think that essentially captures the, um, well, I mean, yeah, these guys are professionals. They know that it captures the difference between the two of them, but um, I don't know if I would be sticking my neck out there to try and uh, to try and grab that one. But, you know, I think... I think it'll be modestly interesting, erring on the side of being very boring. Are you going to watch it? Well, I'd really like to watch it, but will I pay for it on pay-per-view? By the way, I'm not even sure like how to order something on pay-per-view. I don't think right. I've ever done that since I was like, you know, a teenager and I ordered a boxing fight with my friends. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where to go to on the television to even find pay-per-view. If I were in a location where it was on, I'd love to watch, sit back and enjoy on the couch. But realistically, the day after Thanksgiving, let's see, I'll be in the house, my family will be there, we'll be chatting, we'll have the TV on with some sports on, but will I say, hey everyone, I'm now going to put on the Tiger Phil golf match, Nope. and, and we're going to pay for it, I'm going to charge your account, mom and dad, thanks for hosting us, happy you Thanksgiving. You cable? No, I'll be at my parents' house. Oh, true. Um, Even if we have cable, you have to pay. It's also available, it's available on BR Live. Bleacher Report Live. So I guess you could just pay for it and watch it on your computer. Yeah, so the spread is Tiger plus one and a half um, minus 300. Hmm. All right. Well, you'll pay. You'll watch. Yeah, I'll pay. I don't think I'll bet that. Any surprises you expect? Maybe Phil will surprise. No, they're allowed to make side bets and stuff, but... um, Oh, right. Per hole. I've seen yeah, a lot like, of people saying now that that's going to well, be the exciting thing. Well, they can do things thing. like you know that you know there's the uh, the golf game of like you know you can play you can play hammer so like during the hole you escalate it and like, oh, double or nothing. Oh. You lay you um, drop the hammer. Yeah, exciting. I don't know if they'll do 
something like uh, like when you get on a run, like you know if you've got consecutive birdies, right, you get extra right, points right. for that or something. And like we know that, Tiger but, occasionally does that. Yeah. Uh, how about for their image? Is this good? Does this make Tiger a little more human right now? I think Tiger um, had a huge 2018. Yes. In terms of becoming uh, an icon once again, and I know we talked about it a little bit with um, with the no laying up guys, but like the I, I just don't think you can overlook the political situation in the country and realize how low the bar is for sort of moral leadership right now. And I do think that that uh, helped Tiger immensely in terms of no one, no one ever talks about his transgressions anymore. Um, <laughs> there's a great biography of Tiger that I know you you purchased, I believe, yeah, but have not iPad. read yet. Armin Katayan. And you'll read it, and, as I did, and you'll be like, wow, Tiger is probably one of the world's worst people ever. I mean, irredeemable, oh, horrible, wow. I didn't awful. quite realize. Now, I know he tried to be a Navy SEAL. But, like, people forgot about obsessed. that. People forget about that now because he's really good at golf, and it's more golf is only exciting when he's playing. And uh, Well, and God knows a pro athlete doesn't have to be a... Moral compass. I mean, I always said from the yeah, beginning, we, like, who said that athletes have to be these, you know, uh, good people that are admirable? Be. Right, we want them to be, but they know, can be. Okay, but but hindsight twenty twenty. But I, this is my favorite little take. Sure. Tiger Woods. They they mismarketed him from the beginning. Steiny, his agent, Steinberg, Mark Steinberg, yeah, Mark Steinberg, kept him behind a wall. He almost never did press. He was like uh, inaccessible. You would only see him out there. And they had this family man image. Well, that was never true. It isn't that he was this great family man and then he transgressed. He was, I mean, he was seeing all these different women, you know, Denny's waitresses, whatever. It's like they should have let him be who he was and make him the Dennis Rodman of golf, the John Daly, the, a young John Daly. But well, instead, they, they did a fake thing with him. Who's, whose decision was that? Mark Steinberg. No. His agent no. and his father. That was Earl. Okay. That was Earl's, it was Earl. That was Earl's well, call. It wasn't true. Um, yeah, but Earl had a vision for Tiger from the time he was four years old. I mean, my, he was never going to not be that. My name is Earl. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it was a huge year for Tiger, and uh, it'll continue to be a huge year for golf. I'm excited for the actual golf season to start sometime next year. It'll be a and, while. Uh, Until then, <laughs> football. So yeah, you don't, want, you don't want to talk about football at all? Not today. You want to talk, well, We're the gonna pat, give everyone a break. The pets aren't good. That's the thing. That's true. You don't want to talk about the that. Pet, like, the like pets we're, got we're sitting here. We're sitting by here. The Titans. We're sitting here three weeks after the baseball season's over, talking about the World Series because the Red Sox won. Only because the Red Sox no, won. No, that's not why. And we're gonna spend all of the NFL playoff season talking about all something right, I'll unrelated. Share one. Okay, because the pets because the pets stink. They're gonna okay. lose in the divisional round, and you're gonna be bitter about it because you right. think it's only good when they go to the Super Bowl, which has happened five times in the last seven years. Right. But that's not good enough for you. All right, let me share a conspiracy theory since you brought it all up. Good. What do you think of this? This is obviously a Pats fan. He said, the worst. this is Pro Football Talk tweeted, the Titans are the latest oh. team to provide a blueprint for beating the Patriots. And then someone responded, yeah, here's the blueprint. Number one, hire ex-Pats player to be your team's head coach. Number two, stack the team with plenty of recent ex-Patriots, very familiar with the current roster and playbook, and upset about not getting paid in New England. Helps if one of them had been benched in the previous year's Super Bowl. We, we think we think Malcolm True. we think Malcolm Butler is the reason that Tom Brady uh, couldn't make any easy throws on Sunday. No, but the Titans looked like a completely different team, completely different. And gee, maybe if you give it a little thought, there's a reason for that, and it's because they are stacked with people right. who are of one mind beat the Patriots. Right. You presented that as a conspiracy theory. It's probably right. just it's the just way true. it is. Right. right. Yeah. But well, I mean, the blueprint to beating the Pats has always been. Um, one thing, which is pressure the quarterback without blitzing. That's it. If you have an if you have a but defensive line, this wasn't line, just no off. I mean, they we had nothing. They 
they were they destroyed us in every aspect of football in this game. Well, yes, their defense was terrific. Yes, our offense was bad. Their offense was good. Mobile quarterback. The Titans looked like a different team. It's very much like the way that um, when Alabama loses, they only lose to one type of team, which is mobile quarterback, mm. pressure the quarterback without blitzing. Mm. I mean, that's the only reason that Auburn has beaten Alabama is when they had Nick Marshall. Uh, last year was the exception, but then they had Cam Newton, right? Like Johnny right. Manziel beat Alabama. Right. Deshaun Watson beat Alabama. No one will beat Alabama this year. When the Sox won the World Series yeah. three weeks ago, a lot of people were saying, gosh, Boston could get like three titles this year. And I said, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Slow down, slow down. They said, gosh, between the Celtics, who are great, and as long as Kyrie and everyone else stays healthy, they're going to be there at least in the Eastern Conference Finals, if not the Finals. And then you got the Pats. But, yeah, I mean, let's let's, let's give that a little cold water. Seven and six. So good. All right. This was Yahoo Finance Sportsbook, our sports business podcast. We hope you like it. It comes out every Thursday. Remember to continue listening and that you can always rate, review, and subscribe. We love when you rate or review this podcast. You can find us on any podcast platform, whichever one you like or choose, and you can find us on the website, yahoofinance.com. A lot of new things going on at that website. Check us out. Thanks. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.